Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's going on, everybody? My name is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. So, dude, this is episode five. Boom, we're there. It's happening. That's crazy. First five episodes. Done. In the books. Sealed. It's a wrap. We hope you guys are enjoying it so far. Yeah, and thank you to everybody that's been supporting us. Um, I mean, right from the get-go. Right right off the it bat. It's absolutely been amazing. Amazing. It's been really cool. And for those of you who have been downloading it, we appreciate that. If you've been checking it out on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a review of what you thought about the podcast so far, yes. that would help us a lot. So that when people search for Reptile Podcast, we are up there with all the other cool guys. That's right. So uh, total side note, if you hear some random noise... In the back of this, that's a guinea fowl. Yeah. We're going to feed that to something. We, it's <laughs> driving me to the brink of insanity. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, we're going to try to not focus on that, even though it is right over there. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> sheesh. Okay, so uh, so the last time it was just you and I. Yeah. We talked kind of about our history. Yeah, the, how the we come came up. up. The come up, you yeah, know. Yeah, the come up. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Now we're here. We're still at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a top damn We went from fossorial to... Terrestrial. Terrestrial. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're getting there. <laughs> we're working the way up. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. So, okay. Let's talk kind of about the, the now for the us. The now. So, the here so, and now. Yeah. So... Uh, we both are working at Nerd. Yep, New no. England Reptile Distributors. If you don't know, now you know. Now you know. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I mean, we've known each other for a super long time, uh, and now we get to work together, which is pretty fucking cool. It's crazy to me that I work <laughs> at Nerd now because when I was a kid, I had cutouts from Reptiles Magazine of their ads in Reptiles Magazine because yes. they would have like a croc monitor picture and spider ball python and a bumblebee ball python. They're like, we're New England Reptile. <laughs> and so it's crazy that like to have that cut out on my wall when I was a kid, and then now I'm you know taking those photos that people are looking at like on our website. Out about? Yeah, 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 about these cool, cool reptiles that we're working with. Yeah, and it's we were just crazy. checking out uh, some pages from the old website on oh, the Wayback Machine. My goodness, man, that brought back some memories. If you guys want to go on a little trip, if you if you've been in the reptile community for a while, or even if you haven't, if you want to see something crazy, there's this website called Wayback Machine. And what it does is it takes screenshots of websites, it just trolls the internet and screenshots websites as they go and catalogs it for, you know, the future. So that if you ever want to look at the previous version of a website, you can do that. And if you go on Wayback Machine and type in newenglandreptile.com, it goes back to like, I think 1999 or 2000, so, right around like there. And you can see what our website looked like way back when we're talking about, oh, when I first got the internet and I looked on New England Reptiles Forum. You can see all that stuff and see the prices that some of those Oof. snakes are going for. Oh, my. Spider balls were like. $25,000. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh. oh. man. Those it, were the days. It, yeah. So we, just, <laughs> we went down a trip down memory lane where we were looking at all the different the ads on the website and how much things are going for and seeing, you know, how some prices change and, and some have stayed exactly the same. Like Brazilian rainbow boas so are like, yeah, 150 to 300 bucks. And we're like, yep, that's exactly that's, what they go for now. Yep. Stayed pretty consistent. It's interesting to see that. 
on certain species. Like, yeah. Through those years, like that's been very that steady. Average. Very yeah. steady. Yeah. And, and I don't think that that's likely to change all that much for nope. the next couple of years, unless something drastic happens. Yeah. I think one of the things that's that's going to help it stay there now is the fact that there's a couple of mutations that exist mm-hmm. out there. So people are a little more interested in yeah. them than they were uh, from just their natural beauty. You start throwing some interesting stuff in there. I think it's funny because there's this like two camps of, of keepers or like people who are into breeding. There's mm-hmm. people who are like super into localities and natural wild types. And then there's the morph people. Mm-hmm. And the, the locality people have always been into like a lot of the people who like Brazilian rainbows. They're just like, I like them because they're naturally beautiful. And then they see an albino, a teen egg albino. And they're like, it's ugly. You can't improve yeah, yeah, upon yeah, yeah, yeah. how good the, the original is. And yeah. then the people who are like morphs are like, but it's bright white. How can you not love it? And it's, yeah. it's just funny to see how polarize those two groups it's true and there's a a small number of people that fall in the middle yeah where they're like i can appreciate that but i can also appreciate this same that's that's me i fall right in the middle where some species some things i'm like yep i'm totally with it for the natural value my scrub pythons if you produce an albino scrub python you're like "Eh, i don't know if you can make it better than a regular barnack scrub python um (laughs) but certain like ocelot borneo short tails and i'm like oh man that thing's right right oh it's so cool exactly (laughs) it's amazing yep for sure so it's yeah so it's definitely like it's badass to be at nerd uh and it, i mean like every day's an adventure you wake up you come in in adventure. the morning and you're like okay what is gonna happen today because yeah. there's something that's gonna happen throughout the day you can be like <laughs> wow i didn't think that was coming <laughs> yep no that's that's very true it's almost like the Tiger King saga. Oh my goodness! No, <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen oh this time. God. Yeah, oh my God. it's it's not that crazy. No, it's not that crazy at all. No math. No, 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 no. Less tigers. Yeah, way less. Ti- well, there's a lot of tiger retakes. There but, are a lot of tiger you know, retakes. That's yeah. our tiger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's. I mean, that's super interesting. I I remember when I decided to take the job up here, like. It was one of those never in a million years would I have ever expected to have gotten that job. And I was like, I can't pass up this childhood dream yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I was like, have to do it. I left my cushy job as a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> to clean to snake come, poop. To come rough in, 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 in a snake house and uh, and wrangle rowdy staff. Yeah. So And I absolutely love it. So <laughs> you, can't ask, you can't ask for more than that. Come on now. No, absolutely not. And uh, wrangle Kevin. And wrangle Kevin. That... <laughs> I was not totally expecting that, <laughs> but uh, but I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it, and it's been fun. It has totally been fun. Uh, Brian Cusco just put up the uh, Ooh, the that, interview he did with Kevin at Tinley. A little while ago, but yeah, it was a little while ago. He did a a lot of interviews that weekend, and then just did his trip to Australia and like all yeah. this other stuff. So he's like doing all that. But uh, that video came out. It was freaking awesome. So shout out to Brian Cusco. That weekend was uh, oh, amazing. It was... But that was when I really got the uh, the switch going off of like, oh, you have to be Kevin's PR person too. Yeah. So like that Sunday was like, Kevin, at 11.15, we got to be over here. At 12.30, you got to be over here. Now mm-hmm. you got to go do this interview with this person. Somebody wants you to sign their book over there. And we're going to go over here. And we're going to go over here. And then these people want to come up to nerd and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, wow. he's a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was really cool. So if you haven't seen that, go check out uh, Triple B TV, Brian Cusco. Check out that interview with on Kevin because that was really cool. It's on YouTube. Yep. Um, yeah. So in tandem with that, uh, we both still have our own collections yes. of animals yes. and are working with a bunch of different shit. 
A lot of different things. A lot of different things. A variety. Yeah. You know. A, a, a spackling a sp- of different things. <laughs> oh, boy. So you have a bunch of scrub pythons. I do. I love <laughs> scrub pythons. And I've loved scrub pythons for a really, really, really long time. I think my first love when it came to, like, captive snakes was probably Bloods and Short Tails. Because I just remember, like, seeing pictures of them in, in magazines and in books and stuff. And I was like, those things are amazing. Just, like, their heads <laughs> look like a little coffin. And they, like, look at you. And they they got this reputation of being really nasty. And then you talk to the people who keep them. And some people were like, yeah, they're super nasty. And then some people were like... <laughs> They are awesome. You just have to, like, respect them. And that allure just, like, drew me to Bloods and Short Tails. Because when I first, like, started talking to people about Bloods and Short Tails, all the people who were, like, diehard blood people, all the people who who kept Bloods and, like, enjoyed them were like, yeah, people are going to tell you that they're nasty. They're going to tell you they pee on you Mm -hmm. and they bite you and all this stuff. And it's like... Yeah, if you go in with the mindset that I'm going to be the master of this beast and I'm going to show it who's <laughs> boss and I don't care what it wants to do, yeah, you're going to have a bad time because they're smart, they are strong, and they don't put up with shit. And yep. so, but then when you talk to those people who are into them, they're like, yeah, but if you respect them and like learn kind of a little bit of their body language, they're super easy to read. Oh, yeah. You don't usually end up with these psycho animals that people tell you about. Um, and and as long as you don't buy like a wild caught import one, they can be really great just like, you know, not I want to say companion, but like a great pet snake for an intermediate keeper. And that like really drew me to blood pythons and, and then seeing scrub pythons and books and stuff. I was just, I don't even know. The fr- I probably saw more scrub pythons online than I saw in books because usually scrub pythons don't get a very big draw on in books and things like that. But I was just, when I first saw the first picture of a barnex scrub python, I was like, that is my dream snake. If I can't have venomous snakes, that is my dream snake. And then talking to people about scrub pythons too is the same thing. People are like, nope, they're nasty. You can't win them over. They're horrible. They get giant. They want to bite you in the face. They're terrible. <laughs> and then when you talk to people who are diehard scrub people, they're like, yeah, some are like that. But if you like take your time and put some work into them, they can be really great snakes. And and that always like really, really drew me to those snakes. And for whatever reason, I just was like, you know, when I was younger, I had the opportunity to buy scrub pythons a few times when I was still living with my parents, but I didn't want to get them because I knew they got big. I didn't have the space to keep an adult scrub python at my parents' house. I was living in like a little tiny room. So I, I just didn't want to have to get one and then go down the route that a lot of people go down where they either have to get rid of it because it gets too big or unmanageable. Mm. And I just like, I love scrub pythons so much. I didn't want that to happen to me. So I put off buying scrub pythons for a long time but until five or almost six years ago now it's probably almost six years ago now uh, when I got my first scrub python but I was living in a house I had a little bit better setup I had tons of space in my room um, for her to grow and everything so I, I waited and waited and waited and waited and then finally ended up getting <laughs> that one but it, it worked out for me because you know what I love that scrub python to death her name's Janet and I probably talked about her on one of the other podcasts but she like is my favorite snake. I love that snake. Every time mm-hmm. I have an interaction with her, it's just like amazing. She's so cool. She's laid back. I don't even need a hook to get her out. I literally have just gotten her used to the point where I can just like take a hat, flip it right over the top of her, and just scoop her right up, 
right off the wherever she's hanging out in her enclosure i'm going to scoop her right up as soon as she's on me she's cool she's chill she's not head shy at all i can touch her head i can rub her she's like amazing that's awesome yeah and it's not all every day that you can get a scrub python like that i put a lot of work into her i did a different feeding regime than a lot of people do with them so it's just like all these different things that led up to to that so most of my focus right now is scrub pythons and borneo short tail pythons i have a few blood pythons as well things here and there some carbon pythons, <laughs> blah 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 all that other stuff but like my my attention has always been and probably always will be bloods and short tails and scrub pythons those are just my favorite when it comes to reptiles yeah how many different kinds of scrubs do you have because you have a few different I have a few different kinds of scrub pythons. So um, I got some sarong barnack scrub pythons. I've got um, a Jayapura barnack scrub python, which is just a ba basically a different locality of the barnacks. They look very similar to the sarongs. The sarongs typically have lots of patterning on them, lots of bars down the back, and then the tail end of them kind of looks like netted, like um, like a king cobra almost, or, or mm. like they're wearing fishnets or something. Um, and then the, the Halmahera scrub pythons are just super, super rare ones. A lot of people just have a tough time uh, keeping them alive in captivity and I've had my ups and downs with the Halmaheras and they just you know they, they uh, when I found out about them I was like I need to work with those one day and I'm <laughs> you know getting to work with them I'm like these things are freaking amazing and I still hold my breath every time I look at them because I'm like don't die don't die it's like, <laughs> be, be, be cool be cool we're cool yeah um uh and so and then I've got the Highland my Oxibill scrub which everyone's in love with and that thing is she's amazing beautiful she's yeah. really beautiful and she's like She's an animal that I didn't set out looking to get. She's one that kind of w found her way into my life. Uh, the person who had <laughs> her before me uh, wanted to get – not didn't want to, but they had to get rid of her. Um, and then through different vectors and some other people, uh, they said, you know, this guy is into scrub pythons. He's super about them. He's got a huge amount of respect for them. You should contact him about getting a scrub python. And so uh, we kind of like met up because the price that she wanted was a little too much for what I was looking to spend at the moment. We worked something out. And uh, since getting that snake in, she's amazing. But when I first spoke to her about the scrub python, she's like, watch out. She's mean. She's, she's not. I remember you saying <laughs> she'll, that. Yeah. She'll give you a run for your money. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. You know, I've, I've worked with angry scrub pythons before or defensive scrub pythons before. I'm really good at working with the hook. I'm, I'm cool. I don't need to touch it. Like, if a scrub python doesn't want to be touched, I'm cool with not touching it. I'm, I'm not one of those yeah. people who's like, it needs to be my best friend. Um, <laughs> but I do like to get them to a point where they're manageable. Yeah. You know, manageable. So over the last couple months, I've just been, like, slowly working with this snake because she said it was pretty nasty and, and highly defensive and stuff. So I've just been, like, putting in the time to – Handle her, not scare her, build trust with me, let her see that she doesn't have to worry about me hurting her or dropping her or running away from her. A lot of people, when they handle and like snakes that can be defensive, they run like they they do they actively avoid getting bit, and a lot of times that causes the animal to lose trust because if you got it on a hook and it starts coming up at you and you drop it. That's, that's a nick in your trust with that animal because mm -hmm. now it's dropped onto the ground. It's startled. It may or may not be hurt, you know. So it's it's just taking away from that trust that you have with that snake. So if you can show that you're, you've got confidence, that you're not, you know, you're not going to drop them. You're not going to scare them. You're not going to go out of your way to make them feel uncomfortable. Uh, just building those little threads of trust, which is something I learned from Kevin, is, is that you need to build these little threads of trust because these – I like people talk about reticulated pythons like they're intelligent – 
And until you work with scrub pythons, I like they're like completely different to me than reticulated pythons because every move that a scrub python makes is calculated, in my opinion. Every time that they look around, every time that they move, when they're holding on to something, everything they're do, doing, they're thinking about. Uh, even to the point when they're eating, like uh, scrub pythons, when they smell food, they get excited. But like reticulated pythons, when they smell food, they lose their mind. Like they just are like food, it's food, <laughs> and they like get like my five hundred pound life or whatever, and they're oh. like, I gotta eat and whatever. And oh. it, I've seen retics chewing on plastic before because like the sides of their tub because they're like food. Yeah, like it's not food. You know that it's not food in the wild. That would be a branch or a rock, and you're yeah. still constricting it. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But I've never seen scrub pythons do that, ever. Scrub pythons, they're keened in, they're watching, they're using their heat pits, they're just like, they're invested in what's going on. And I don't know, for me, that's just like so interesting to see and to experience. Because that's what I feel. Every time I hold a scrub python, it's like an experience to me. I'm like watching this animal interact and react to what I'm doing because like mm -hmm. you take out a blood python it's it's watching you but it doesn't usually give you a lot of visual cues of what it's thinking unless it's upset and then it's you know huffing puffing it's going to be rigid and all that sort of stuff but if a blood python or short tail is calm or relaxed you know it's just it's it's there it's just chilling with you um, and and with a lot of other snakes you know you might see the eyes move a little bit but it's not like scrub pythons I don't know mm -hmm. scrub pythons is so different to me than every other non-venomous snake that I've worked with um, and I, I can't even like group them with anything else because they're not like anything else that I've worked with. I, I just love that. So, yeah. They're pretty freaking sweet, dude. They're awesome. I get, I just get, I love those things. They're so cool. <laughs> it's, it's just like, and you know, the people who work with scrub pythons, I, I feel like they think very similarly that they just like have this huge mm -hmm. amount of respect for this animal because when they get big, they could seriously do some harm. They're incredibly dude. strong snakes. Like if you've held a seven foot long scrub python, they are so, so strong. So, so, because it looks, it's not big around, but they're just so That's muscular. Yeah, 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 so yeah. strong and so what muscular. What the heck was that? Did you see that photo uh, of that dude? It, I'm assuming it had to be Australian. Oh, yeah, the uh, King Ornai. Oh, the giant one. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is a scary thought. That. Uh, that was a big ass. Snake. That is a big scrub. So King Ornai <laughs> are the the biggest scrub pythons, and they're from Australia. And to my knowledge, right now, I don't think there's any in the United States. There were mm. some uh, years ago, uh, but since Australia doesn't allow export of their native wildlife, typically um, that's a, a species that just like doesn't exist in the U.S. trade at all. To my knowledge, um, there's probably like one or two people who are hoarding them and keeping them and they just don't talk, <laughs> they don't talk about it yeah. um and then there's probably a couple people in europe who, who might have them mm -hmm. um but it's not something that you would ever like most likely you're not going to see king or popping up in the u.s trade yeah at all um, that's a that's a scary it snake. is a formidable <laughs> snake so one of one of my buddies um over in australia uh one of the guys who i follow on instagram smithy over there he's he's got a Big, like a d pretty good size King Ornai, and mm -hmm. every time I see a picture of that thing, I'm like, that is so impressive. It's just like it's yeah. huge. It's bigger around than like a Coke can, and Oof. it's just like for a scrub python to be that big, it's gotta be bit like long yeah, and big. Yeah, yeah. Scru scrubs are just naturally more slender because like Janet is probably ten or eleven feet long, and she's a little bit smaller than a Coke can mm -hmm. around. She's a little smaller than that. so to be. Bigger than a Coke can. That thing's massive. Just absolutely massive. It's just yeah. like such a Sheesh. incredible animal to behold. And 
and just I don't know, man. They're they're such cool snakes. They're so cool. But that that one of the guy in the water holding the big scrub python. I'm like, man, if I saw a scrub that big, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near it. Dude, that's why I'm like, I was seeing that, and I'm like, okay. Just knowing what I know about scrub pythons and how big their teeth are, I'm like, Bruh. if you have an accident with that, that's a yeah, that's a bad. That's accident. a bad. I got a bad back. I got a, <laughs> I got a bad bite. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, ever since I saw scrub pythons, I was like, I need to work with those. Mm -hmm. And so I just have a huge amount of respect for those snakes. I have a huge amount of fascination with them. And it just grows. The more that I work with them, the more interesting they become to me, which is just like, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Have you seen, uh, especially since you've had, like, Janet, like, since she was a a baby. Yes. uh, Have you seen, like, really certain drastic behavior differences from neonate to sub-adult? Yes, absolutely. Um, Especially with the way that you handle them. Mm. Um, They can definitely habituate to your style of handling and your style of keeping. If you, you know, naturally when they're babies, they're more defensive. Mm. Just because they're so small, they live in a highly competitive environment. They have to be a defensive animal. They're semi-arboreal. They spend time in the trees. They have to watch out for birds. They have to watch out for mammals. They have to watch out for everything. So naturally when they're small, they're high strung. They're going to be afraid of what you're doing. Um, But since they are so smart, if you um, get them used to a certain way that you go into their enclosure, a certain routine for feeding, they can pick up on that very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And and that's like, you can use that hugely to your advantage if you are, if you have the foresight to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like a lot of people who keep scrub pythons can kind of pick up on that and, and kind of get a feel for where you're at when it comes to that sort of thing. Because Janet, when she was young, um, you know, when I first go into her enclosure, it's defense. She's scared, she's nervous. Um, but she never really, she wasn't big on striking. She was never big on biting. Uh, even when she was little, she was a captive bred baby from captive adults. So she's like uh, F2 or F3 mm-hmm. removed from the wild. So she's, you know, in there. Um, but even my scrubs that I've, I've got a couple scrubs that are wild caught and just of me doing the same routine that I do um, with some of my other snakes, you know, go in, cover them up before I pick them up, like cover up their head mm-hmm. before scooping them up or allow them, since scrub pythons are so long and so so much bigger than a lot of other snakes, if you let them start to come out as opposed to going into their space, mm-hmm. if you let them come out and then get a hand underneath them, they'll, they are much more relaxed doing that than if you were to just kind of manhandle your way through picking them up or grabbing mm-hmm. them, which like a scrub, I mean, a, a short tail python or a blood python, if you go into the enclosure, you just scoop it right up, and as long as you're confident in everything, a lot of times it's, yeah, pretty it's, good. it's yeah. cool. But with scrubs, it's a different ball game. They they are very aware. I mean, not to say that other snakes aren't aware, but they're very in tuned with what's going on. And mm-hmm. if you're not and it's noticeable. It's noticeable yeah. with, with how they interact with you. So um, from the time that Janet was little, I fed her on a more sparing feeding schedule. A lot of people, when they have a baby snake, they want to feed it a lot to get it to grow because they want to see it get bigger. Mm-hmm. They want it to you know, get to adult size. And a lot of people want to breed them sooner. And with scrub pythons, I think that's to the detriment of the snake itself. I think that they are more attuned, more keyed in to slow growing, to taking mm-hmm. more time uh, between feedings, not as giant meals. They can handle big meals, but I've found that just doing a little bit smaller, not going crazy with the feeding. And then with Janet, what I did is I spaced out my feedings. 
And then I would do a lot of going into her enclosure, not feeding her. So mm. a lot of the times when I was going into the enclosure, it wasn't food. It was, oh, that, that he's here again. And it was not, <laughs> not get, it's not food time. Because yeah, yeah, if yeah. you habituate them to the only time my cage gets touched is the time when I get fed. Mm-hmm. Then every time that. you touch the cage, it's food time to them. So if you work with a snake that's only been interacted with when it's like basic cleaning and feeding, mm-hmm. then they're going to learn that. And that's, you know, that is, can put you in a tough spot when they get to be 10 or 11 or 12 feet long, mm-hmm. where, you you know, you open up the enclosure and you need a shield <laughs> to protect <laughs> you, a shield and a right. snake hook so that you don't get eaten because <laughs> the thing is like, oh, food, you're a giant heat yeah. signature. Let me come right for you. Um, and so, you know, that sort of thing, in my opinion, has a huge impact on how the animal interacts long term. And you can even, you know... If you get an animal that's a full-grown adult, you might not be able to do anything about it. It might be already so stuck in how you do things that, or how it's been done that mm-hmm. it might just – that's how it is. But if you get them when they're a little bit younger, you know, under probably three or four years old, you can probably habituate them to how you prefer to interact with them. And, you know, that's – every indiv- animal is an individual – Every single one's different. They're not a teacup. They're not, you know, they yeah, get yeah, printed yeah. off of a line. So some animals are going to be more high strung. Some, some animals are not. And I feel like with the scrub python community, um, there's just not enough that's been done with breeding them yet just because they're a little bit of a tougher animal to figure out how to breed them. There hasn't been enough generational breeding mm-hmm. to really figure out what we can do with them because I think there's a huge amount of potential and I think that once we start getting a couple generations of captive breeding and seeing people being more successful with them, I think that there's a huge amount of potential for them to be like a, one of those pinnacle snakes that people work their way to. Because, I don't know, a lot of people feel like retics are top of the line and, and I've worked with reticulated pythons and I they just don't do it for me like, like scrubs mm-hmm. do. I don't know what it is, but I like them. Yeah, dude. I'm so, about it. So you have you worked with scrub pythons before? I have not. Okay. I have not. But you worked with carpet pythons. I worked with and carpets. You're a big Morelia guy. I love Morelia. That's, no, you don't. That's my thing. Oh, wait. wait. I'm, so I'm what? All about it. What kind? What drew you to Morelia in the first place? Man, I, I think in all honesty, it was that it was that head, the bulky, uh, the big muscles on the yeah, top. Yeah, like one of, one of my first experiences with with carpets was uh, a friend of mine had like a massive coastal carpet and i remember he had taken it it was like super friendly Mm -hmm. like you could do whatever with it uh but i remember one of the first times i went to go see it he had taken it out and it the head went like past his shoulder and was like coming towards me and i was just like staring down the barrel (laughs) yeah face to face with this like had to be like easily seven, eight foot coastal mm-hmm. carpet. And I was like, oh my God, that's badass. Yes. Like that <laughs> face, when you're staring at that face, the head on, I was like, whoa, Beef. okay, this is really cool. And um, I don't know, I have been coming up, I had a shit ton of ball pythons. Mm-hmm. And like, I was very used to that. And I, and I had a couple of carpet pythons, um, but never anything that was like a massive... Mm-hmm. you know huge animal um but that moment i was like this is this is a really cool snake mm. and i like arboreal 
species. Yeah. Um, you know, and so Morelia just kind of fit that. So when I started doing more research, I was like, oh, there's kind of like there's a gambit. Oh, there's a huge these, variety. You know, of like carpet. I can I can get the massive eight foot plus coastal. Mm-hmm. I can get you know a seven foot brettles and you know slow going down the line jungles and IJs. then yeah IJs. IJs. I love my IJs. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's now West Papuan. Wesh. Oh, I hate one. <laughs> Papuan, yeah. Uh, So uh, having that gambit, you know, and then like the the Darwins and Mm -hmm. and, like all that stuff, I was just kind of like, okay, this is really cool because this now this one species uh, or this one genus can can fit a bigger niche. Yeah, you know, so you can get the larger animals, but you can also get the smaller animals. So the biggest thing to try and overcome as as a keeper and then as somebody wanted to breed them and then sell them was being able to work with the neonates successfully because mm-hmm. just like baby scrubs, they they get freaked out super mm-hmm. easily and they're ready to defend themselves yes. no matter what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've learned over the years that like jungles, jungle carpets are that and then some. Oh, yeah. Like they're it goes chainsaws. well into the year old mark and they're still <laughs> like, I'm going to kill you, you know. Uh, so that like trying to work with that, that's been fun yeah. for me, you know. Um, I remember, oh, I'm not even going to bring up his name, but you might remember who it is. Oh, from I, Western Mass. Oh, I know. I'm okay. pretty sure I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember being at, uh, at Adam Harris's place mm-hmm. and he had a little bin of jungle carpets and yeah, you know exactly, I know exactly who, I'm talking who you're about. talking about. And he had like some, uh, some like bicycle gloves that he <laughs> put know. on to pick up. Yes. <laughs> To pick up this like clutch, <laughs> this little of tiny jungle carpets, this eleven inch yeah. pencil thick carpet python. Yeah. and I'm like, I'm just going in there. I'm like, oh, these are cool. And I just go and grab, grab a handful yeah. of them, and they're like, you know, they're biting me, but I'm whatever. And he's like, oh man, you know, their bites are pretty gnarly, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a baby carpet python. Come on, it's buddy. not that bad. Come on, buddy. So yeah, the big the biggest allure also was, uh, you know, I like I like morphs, clearly. Um, I love the natural look of carpet pythons mm-hmm. from the get-go. They are naturally a very beautiful animal. Uh, I think the morph game has certainly brought them a little more into a focused point yes. in the industry, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome because they are such a cool species. Mm-hmm. So if that's what it kind of takes to get some people interested, I think that's cool. Um, but uh, seeing like uh, a really nice classic-looking jungle... Mm. You know, like mm. does need to be neon yellow, yeah. but just a really nice classic looking jungle. Um, and then uh, a really nice classic brittles. Mm. I'm like, this is how they essentially look in the wild. Yeah. You know, like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like coastals, are like, you know, they're like brown and tan and like they're beautiful, you know, but like this entire species can be so variable yes. in their natural state. Like, mm. To me, that was a huge draw. Yes. You know, um, I mean, brettles are, are they're red. Yes. They're and red. They're like, <laughs> I'll give you that. Those you know what I mean? Like, pretty cool. Come on, dude. You know, uh, how many years have they been trying to figure out a way to make red stick in a ball python? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, nope, this thing's red from Naturally. hatching all the way through to adulthood. It just gets better. Yes. You know, so I'm like, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, so over the years, I've, I've worked with, uh, the the top four, the big four, so coastals, brettles, jungles, and and IJs. I've worked with all four of them, um, 
I I love I bred coastals first and then started breeding um, IJs, and I fell in love with IJs. I love them. They're they're, they're the best. Amazing. They're the best. They really are amazing. And uh, unfortunately, like it wasn't until more recent years that they became really popular. Yeah. Uh, it's a is, shame is what it is. Yeah, no, it really is. And, of course, they got really popular after I got my, rid of, <laughs> rid of my, my adult animals. But, um, you know, maybe I'll get another pair or something. Somewhere, well, I mean, you, know, I might, you might know somebody who might be hatching some It's true. This, this is true. I'm just you saying. Know, it's, it's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love them because, like, as babies, you know, maybe that first four months, they're, like, a typical baby carpet python. They want to defend themselves against anything. And then, like... After that, they settle down almost naturally. Yeah, and it's like they're so oh, that's laid awesome. back. They're yeah. so placid. And um, I mean, my two big females, my, my two biggest females, were like six foot. Mm-hmm. Like they were monster big females. Um, and I wasn't like feeding them like crazy. I, they were on the same schedule as all my others. They were just big older girls. I think they were probably like twelve years old mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, so to see them at that potential, but still be this really chill. Mm placid animal i was like these are really cool um i've started to focus in so this is really the last year i'm going to have uh coastal stuff here i'm trying to focus a little bit more on the jungles and the brittles just because again like the classic look of a jungle is just amazing to me um but i got really heavy into the ocelot Project mm. from Mike Curtin. Mm. Um, so I've got a couple of ocelot jungle jags. Um, I've got a non-jag ocelot male Hell yeah. that is like silly. Mm. And then um, last year produced a male ocelot zebra jag that I've held back, and he's looking ridiculous right now. So I'm holding mm. that animal back. Um, unfortunately, it looks like after this season, I'm not going to be able to breed my original ocelot jungle jag anymore um because she's she's still having some issues after having those um slugs all mm. twisted up in her oviducts so yep. i think i'm just gonna uh table her you know I'll still, I'll still keep her as a pet animal because she's phenomenal and she was like that first animal i got when i was really getting back into it mm-hmm. um but she's a total asshole now <laughs> like I used to be able to go in there and grab her and like do whatever. And after this season, she's just like, nope, don't touch me. Don't even look at me. Mm-hmm. Like literally I opened up her enclosure the other day and just was looking at her. And she was just like, fuck you. And just launched right out oh, at damn. me. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> My we used to be such great friends. We <laughs> um, broke up. So. Yeah, we broke up. And uh, and she's holding the grudge. So. <laughs> But uh, so I really I want to dive a little bit more into that. I've got some striped jungles too, so I want to mm. try to get the striped stuff into the ocelot. See what kind of influence that has. Yeah, mm. I'm I'm all about that. And then uh, I got a little heavy on some brittle stuff. Oh, just a little bit. Did you know? You know, just a little bit. I may <laughs> have like seven what? or so. Um, it started with a pair of headstone washed from my buddy Noah. Uh, who got them from Nick Mutton. He basically already raised them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was getting out of carpets so he could focus on boas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I want those. Yes. Like, I want those 100%. 
Uh, and the little bastard didn't tell me when he was selling them. I had to see it on Facebook first. Ah. I saw it on Facebook, and I am I called him and was like, motherfucker. "You motherfucker!" <laughs> um, so I got those from him. He was like, "Well, you know, man, I didn't think you were, you know, you'd, you'd want to spend any more money because I bought already bought a bunch of his carpets." So he's like, "I didn't know, you know." And I was like, yep. "Bro, I those told go. you, <laughs> I told you, if you were letting those go, mm-hmm. you let me know." But anyway, so I got those animals. Uh, and then a few more, and then a few more, and then this most recent group, this uh, the hypo stripe stuff. Oh boy, yeah. uh, from Nick that are just absolutely amazing little animals. So you know you'll see babies from those in five years or whatever, <laughs> you know, deal. however long. Yeah, it's casual. Um, but uh, I think that's another draw for me to them is the fact that they're not a, a species you can get up to size in two years, mm-hmm. you know, and then just make a shit ton of them. Um, you know, the Centralians need to get that fourth year in on those girls before they're like really able to pump out a solid good clutch where you can pretty much be in the clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and the brettles out of all of them are th- probably the trickiest to breed because they need that decent drop, that ne- decent temp drop. Um, you know, so I, I like that challenge. Um, it's not as challenging as scrubs, but it's it's a little bit, you know, I I can't get, you know, I mean, I you've seen my room. It's, it's yeah. small. I've always had a really tight, jam-packed room. So, like, when I bred brettles years ago, I was elated because I didn't think I got the temps cool enough. Mm-hmm. And then she laid a clutch of, I think it was, like, 15 perfect eggs yeah. and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, I did it. Mint. Oh, my God, I did it. Hell you know, yeah. and was like, what? So that to me is like, okay, cool. Like I've done that before. I can, I can figure it out. And I like that. Um, but I just like the fact that, um, it's the carpet niche is a small niche that's certainly growing. Um, but it's not a for everybody niche, which is cool. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've got that going on. The only other coastal stuff I'll have going on is I'm trying to do, uh, snows and, um, and moon glows and stuff so like i've got my pair of azanthic coastals mm. um harris line azanthics I like they're, they're smoking um i've got my albino girl that's like a jungle darwin integrate um to everything bagel to, it's an everything bagel yeah and then uh, i've got my super caramel albino female that i produced last year mm. she, i'm keeping her for that moon glow project um and then i've got like that azanthic zebra Mm. Yeah, so trying mm. to do, you know, maybe some some it's moon glow awesome. zebras or, you know, whatever. Something, you whatever. know, something casual. White, it's something no white, deal. you know. Um, but yeah, so I just like that. But um, yeah, my collection is, is fairly diverse. <laughs> um, I've got the ball pythons um, because... I just have the ball pythons. I have a couple of ball pythons too. Don't it's yeah. it's, it's okay. It's, it's oh, okay. God. I won't I won't judge a you. A couple or forty because I'm getting close. Oh to no, that 40 no, I've number. got like four. <laughs> yeah, no, I I made some. I've had some good days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've I've got some ball pythons. My thing with ball pythons when I started to get back into them, there's a funny story because when I started to get back into keeping more animals again i didn't want to do ball pythons Mm -hmm. because that was basically like the demise of my original company so it was like i don't want to do ball pythons anymore i've got my original first snake ever that ball python that's all i want Mm -hmm. you know i don't want anything else and uh my partner at the time 
uh, was kind of getting into the snake stuff because he was not into snakes when we first got together. Mm -hmm. So it was a process. And we were going down to the uh, White Plains show. Mm -hmm. And he asks me, hey, can I get a snake when we're down there? Would you be okay with that? And I was like, yeah. I said, as long as it's not like a boa or anything like that, that, that needs mm -hmm. a lot of space. Yep. Not even thinking he would get a ball, ball python. Oh, 100%. I'm thinking he's going to get like a corn snake or snake. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something really bright and pretty and whatever. And uh, he brings me over to, I think it was Randy Laporte's table. And he picks out this vanilla double head hypopied female ball python. And I was like, oh, uh. that's a ball python. <laughs> he was like, I just want like, to, this is my pet. You know, and I was like, all right, cool. You know, fine. It was like mm. 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Like, whatever. Uh, so he got that snake and inevitably. Oh, you got to get a pair I, for No, it. I found him searching World of Ball Pythons. Oh. One night. He was like, I like rolled out of bed uh, and he wasn't there. Mm. And I was like, oh, is, is everything okay? And I see him on the computer scrolling through World of Ball Pythons. And I was like, I know what this means. And he's uh. like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, more you're going to want to breed ball pythons. And he's like, no, I don't know. But like, these are pretty cool. And I was like, you're going to want to breed ball pythons. Mm -hmm. Kid you not, within two weeks, he was like, so I kind of, I, okay, I kind of might want to breed ball pythons. I'm like, oh my uh, God. Here it comes. I said, okay. Oh, here, here it, it goes. goes. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. But I have to pick out the male. Yes. Because... What you have has some cool recessives. We should find something that's going to go well with that mm -hmm. so we're not getting screwed. Yep. Um, and that's how I got that Coral Glow Leopard Doublehead Hypopied was mm. for that project. And then, uh, you know, that relationship didn't last. Yeah, whatever. Yep. Um, and uh, I he let me sell that snake because he couldn't bring it to where he was going. So I sold the snake and I kept that mail. Uh, thank God. But because um, now I have a bunch of ball pythons. But inevitably, I got more ball pythons. Oh, more ball pythons. And I'm like, say. oh, gosh. Because now I had this male and I had nothing to breed it to. So I'm like, okay. now <laughs> yeah, That's, that's now a sin. The, Yeah. So I'm like, okay, now I need this and I'll get this and I'll get this. And now I'm like, okay, so I, I have you know eight or nine or ten males and 20 plus females. Oh, my and then there's going to be some holdbacks because some oh, recessive holdbacks. stuff. Holdbacks. Did you ugh. say the, the H word. word? Yeah, the mm. H word, dude. Mm. Holdbacks. Oof. I, okay, so ball python holdbacks are one thing. What I'm excited for and not excited for at the same time are retic holdbacks and berm holdbacks. Because mm. I don't have I don't have many of either. Mm. You know, I've got like four retics and I've got like three berms. But the projects I want to do with those things. with those are going to require me to hold some things back. Yes. Uh, you know, it's like I want to do marble OGS Oof. stuff. Yes. Right. So I've got that platinum marble male and then the super tiger OGS female. So this, not this season, but next coming season, she'll be ready to breed. Mm -hmm. So those will go together. Mm -hmm. That's inevitably going to be at least one holdback. Probably two. Probably two. Maybe three. Because, well, I mean, think about it. <laughs> Everything's going to be tiger. Yep. So tiger head OGS. OGS. Yep. Right. And then there's platinum, platinum and marble. marble. Mm -hmm. So, you platinum know. Marble, platinum marble tiger head if OGS. I, if I can hold back a pair of, you know, platy tiger marble no. hogs. No, you don't want a, a, a pair of platinum marbles. Why not? Ivory. That's true. Ah. But. But why not? Uh, <laughs> like, well, first. You know, yeah, exactly. The triple super. Yeah. Recessive. 
you know, mm. it's it is what mm. it is. You know, <laughs> go for broke, right? I'm Rob? stressing right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's that project, but then there's also like I've got that albino craziness. Ooh, yeah. Throw that, that into the OGS stuff. Mm-hmm. That could yield some interesting yes. offspring. Um, and then the berm stuff. I just I really want to make uh, caramel labyrinth stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a lab. And I've got a caramel, so there's going to be one double more heads caramel coming. That it may be <laughs> shut your mouth. I don't know what. What? What? Don't look at me like that. I, I know. <laughs> I know. But that's inevitably another pair. Yep. You know that's going to get held back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I want to. Th- I would like to throw green into that mix at some point too. So more recessives. More recessives. <laughs> um, and then Timmy is uh, is going to send me an ivory lab. Mm. So that. Mm. Yeah, that's just a cool snake a white berm no more berms yeah no i'm, I'm gonna, dropping the band hammer i'm yeah you do. Oh, <laughs> no don't do it no johnny don't do it yes um but yeah so i mean there's there's a few holdbacks you know but the thing that uh especially now i'm looking at is like okay i only have x amount of space so it's really going to come down to like once i produce what i need i need to figure out what i'm getting rid of mm-hmm. to be able to cuz i'm i can't afford to get more space yes like that's just not a thing not right applicable now. yet yeah so it's like okay cool as soon as i get you know caramel lab that means those hats got to go mm-hmm. you know as soon as i get marble ogs those hats got to go mm-hmm. you know and I, i'm okay with that yeah because i want to be to a point where you know i'm not necessarily breeding retics every year i'm not breeding berms every year but like because I don't want to do that. You don't? I don't want to do that. That's not what I heard. No, well, I don't know who you used to talk to, but it certainly wasn't me. Um, ball talk pythons? Bitch Carol sure. Baskins. That bitch Carol Baskins. <laughs> uh, Jesus. But, uh, yeah, so I don't want to have a million monster snakes. Okay. That's it's fair. Not, it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm grateful that, like, for the retic stuff that I have, it's all, like, dwarf lineage stuff, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not... Not, doesn't need I'm to not be giant. pushing to get giant snakes. Yeah. You know? um, 12 to 14 foot. Mint. I'm perfect with that. You know, yeah. like that's perfect. Um, the ber- And the berm thing is really just like a, the caramel and the lab were the two genes that when I was really liking berms, um, I was like, oh my God, that would be the coolest combo mm-hmm. ever. So it's kind of just like a childhood, I want that, you know, that I'm trying to fulfill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, we all have one of those things that like when I had J and D and we were doing the school presentations, I had a big berm because that's all I could have for a big snake in Massachusetts. Yeah. And that wow factor is always like, oh, a big ass snake, you know? So I'm like, yeah, of course it was a big, really nice granite, you know? I used to bring blood pythons. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a big snake. Oh, my Whoa. God. It's losing its mind. It, no, like, my no. blood pythons are good. It's true. Um, but then that's another thing. Blood pythons and short tail yeah. pythons. The you have backs. a couple projects. I'm afraid of the amount of holdbacks I'm going to have this Dude. year because I'm looking at some of the stuff I'm going to produce and I'm like, oh, you can't have any. Oh. <laughs> So you're going to pull a Dan and be like, Jeremy, can you take these? I need some room. No, no. I'm going to be like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to hoard all this stuff. No, don't look at them. They're yeah, mine. Right. They're mine. You can't have them. Yeah, that's that's my fear because I want to do T negative uh, golden eye stuff. Mm. Um, I need to make a magpie. Yes. That, you, you know what? I kind of want a 007. Uh, magpies are like. Yep. I like the 007s better when they, when they get older. I think the 007s look, look better than the magpies. Yes, do. I would agree with that. Um, 
for for me, the magpie is just another one of those. Like the first time you saw it, first dude. The time first time I saw it. one of those, I was like a black diamond on its throat. It's an yeah. all white blood python with black like face yeah. paint on it's it. Yes, silly. yes, yeah. absolutely silly. Oh, uh, so that's that's just a I need yep. snake. Um, but then like I really want to try to. I've got that bank of mail. I really want to try yes. to line up some really red bloods. Well, if my girl ends up being red, then I mean. Kind of nice. I'm just saying. So we can do working out. You know. Yeah. Um, but then I've got like that golden eye male that I want to throw to that Beatrix. Yes. Female. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so that'll be super cool. And she's still very young. So by the time she's ready to go, I could actually have a golden eye het t paws to be able to throw to it. Mm-hmm. You know, because she's het t paws. So yeah. that's you know a little even more you know interesting. Um, so that's a whole thing. And then the Borneos, I need an ocelot. I can produce ocelots. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. And yeah. then Amazon tree boas. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of shit, man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit. So, but again, like kind of knowing where I'm at space wise, I have to be, uh, willing to part with certain things. Yes. So I'm, I'm already like planning that mentally where it's like, it's, you know, it, it's going to be in my collection. I'm going to love that animal, of course. Uh, but when the time comes, mm-hmm. you know, to have to move it. So I'm, I'm lucky to the point where like, I work at nerd so I can just send an animal to nerd and, uh, get something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could totally do that. Um, but also lucky to have some, some really close friends, uh, that are interested in similar projects where yes. I can just be like, Trains Hey, I'll stuff. cut you a deal on yep. this or whatever. If you um, sell it, sell it back to me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Cause damn, that's, that's where, I, if I have anything <sighs> that this year that, that I sell, it'll probably be like that. It's yeah, like, exactly. You like, can hold yeah, on to this. Yeah. Yeah. You get the special deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm like impatiently waiting for uh, Urine Emily's bicolor Amazons mm. uh, to produce because mm. I'm like, yeah, I remember I, I gave you guys that uh, super pastel EMG clown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think think that's worth think a might, couple bicolors. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it. I think it is. It's not a bad move. You know, I'm just saying. Um, you know who's. Who you know that uh, that red calico that's coming in? You uh, know, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, just, you know, work uh, something out. You know, <laughs> work something out. You know, we'll keep it real. Yeah, and that's both how we all like end up killing ourselves, just inundating <laughs> ourselves, trading snakes back and forth with snakes, each other. I don't need more snakes, but that snake. But that one, yeah, I dude, I have to not look at morph market. I do. That's the toughest anything. part of my job right now is that I have to look at morph market and king snake and all those classified sites. Oof. To, to like post our stuff. So yeah. like oh, I'm, right. I'm already on there. I might as well look if there's yeah. any scrub pythons for sale right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to look at that. I mean, I, I just, that, that gets me into trouble. Cause then I'm yep. looking at, cause now I'm looking at like, oh man, Okatee corn snakes. I want to get one so yeah. I can use it for educational programs. And I just saw that, um, I think it's Suncoast serpents just hatched out some like some mint ones. Incredible baby Okatees. And I messaged him. I was like, hey, so are you guys selling those in the uh, future? Are you holding back that whole clutch? Because <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, let me know. I'm just, I, I just think I like those for, 
for education. They just are yeah. like such a pretty snake that I and I love doing educational programs. So I think that I need to get one of those. Yeah. Not a breeding project, just one. Yeah. And maybe a pair. Maybe, no, no, just one. Just maybe one. Maybe a pair. Just one. But you know, I mean, they might hook you up. So yeah, they knows? might. Hey, no, who knows? You know, who knows? Um, are you really going to be okay with spending X amount on a snake and then having to spend twice that much on the shipping cost? You might as well just throw another snake in there so it evens True. out. True. I'm just saying. So it's like half and half. Yeah. You know, I'm just. Not just, a bad, you not know, a bad idea. Eh, you know, whatever. <laughs> but no, I Make hear it you. worthwhile. <laughs> exactly. I hear you because I've been looking at like other colubrid projects. That's like the one aspect of my collection now that is lacking is my colubrid department. Mm. And I used to be such a colubrid fanatic. I'm like. Was. I got huh? I never was big in colubrid. No. I like I like tiger rat snakes. I like big ones. Yeah, yeah. But you yeah. can't keep a lot of those. It's true. It's true. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I I have a way to get my hands on another rack to get a few yeah colubrid things. You know, some, you know, some corn snakes. Yeah, so maybe a couple corn snakes, a uh, couple cow kings, and some Sinaloan milks. You need and, to get uh, some of those reverse strike cow kings because those, those are things pretty geeked sweet. me out when I saw them. I was yeah. like, "Wait, what? Yep. King snakes look like that now?" Exactly. I might uh, need one. But I'm seriously on the hunt right now uh, for vertebralis capaha gopher snakes. Gopher snakes. Um, Pituophis. Pituophis. Because I have my my Depii Johnny, mm. and I love those smoke freaking mint. Uh, but the vertebralis I had years ago, and and I've been kicking myself ever since when I sold the trio. Wow! And uh, rookie move, I can't, dude. I can't find them. <laughs> yep. I can't find them anywhere, yep. dude. I found a website though where somebody produced. They had albinos. What? Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find it. Yeah, you I gotta to find take it. a picture and, and send it to you. But I saw that and I was like. Eh, I, they looked interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't say I was going to rush out and give this guy thousands of dollars for albino. I wonder if they're pure or if, if you bred them to like Applegate stuff. I don't remember. I'll have to try to find the website because mm-hmm. they look they looked interesting, but I was actually disappointed with how it looked compar- in comparison to what I would have expected because mm-hmm. you'd think like an amelastic animal, you, that red would pop mm-hmm. and that just, it wasn't the case. Probably was a cross. And I was like, that's not so cool uh in comparison to the normal looking animals that can be like so freaking vibrantly red mm-hmm. i'm like oh uh, okay yeah oh. so anybody out there in the ether that may know where i can get my hands on some uh some vertebralis please please let me know um but yeah i i I need to diversify in that just a little bit. I definitely don't want to go crazy um, because, I mean, colubrids are certainly like a great uh, bread and butter thing from the sales standpoint just because colubrids are generally easy to manage um, and they they tend to sell pretty well. But um, I I also know they can lay a shit ton of eggs and Mm -hmm. you can very quickly get inundated and... and double clutching and stuff. And I don't want to go down that road. Um, at all because I don't really want to do a bunch of holdback stuff. I'm like, I just know what I like and want to work with what I like for that. Mm. And that's it. You know, so like generally no more than a trio of any given yes. project, you know, just to be like, yep, cool. I made some of those. You know, I might want to hold a couple back for a year and see them with some size, but then that's, you know, that's about it. They're pretty much out the door after mm-hmm. that. Um, I want to correct myself. It was yes. Sunshine Serpents. They had those corn snakes. Oh, there you go. Yes. There you go. Yes. So so that's a whole 10 
corn snakes you're getting. No, what? Right? No, they actually did message me back, and they're like, how many do you want? And I'm like, ugh. Uh, two. How, how many you got? Two. I two. want two. Tell them two. Two. He's Only telling two. them right now. He's right going to tell them two. Tell I'm two. watching it happen. Oh, actually, they are not that expensive, so I'm going to get two. <laughs> oh, okay. For, what are they, like 15 bucks? No, no, no. No, not that. Not that. But oh, they're, okay. they're worth right. it. They're like yeah, yeah, 100% worth yeah. it. I'm, I'm down Can't with be that. a good Ogatee point. Oh, man. They're just so beautiful. And their lines are like orange with yes. like red and big black the big, marks on them. Yeah, when you see those, I think it's uh, my buddy Dom has the, the love line. Yes. Stuff with those big yeah. black mm. edges. Oh, I man, love that. Those are, those are mint. Mm-hmm. Those are absolutely mint. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I got a lot of shit. <laughs> I'm just. Says that that's the, uh, that's the reality for reptile keepers. It's true, dude. They go from it's either they have one snake that they love and it's their whole life and mm-hmm. that's that's their that's it. their pal. Yep. Or they've got forty seven snakes. They're like, yeah, I got some snakes. You know, yeah. eh, I got a few. No yeah. big deal. Forty seven or a hundred. Or a hundred twenty. Not a big deal. Come uh, on okay. now. Yeah. That's whatever. You know, this sad reality of looking at my uh, hashling rack right now. That, yes. Uh, that is still quite full, and Ooh. realizing that those are all holdbacks. Yep. And they're all that's animals what that I'm, I'm raising. Scarily looking I'm like, at right now. I'm like, oh, that's. I can't sell that. <laughs> yeah, that's a little that's a little rough. But, you know, that's why we're in this cuz we are freaking addicted. Yes. And uh at least it's not meth. True. So <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, Could man. be worse. It's true. Uh is there a species uh or a morph of anything that uh that you're interested in or would consider getting at some point? Besides Okatee cores. I'm very blessed because I've gotten to work with almost everything that I've set out to want to work with. Mm-hmm. I My dream animal is still Bell's Face Lace Monitor. Once I've got space and a house and everything set up, I want to do a little room for a Bell's Face Lace Monitor. That would be awesome. But, that I mean, that's like my... One day, <laughs> that's my one day animal. If I'm, if I'm really... If you see me with a Bell's Face Lace Monitor, I'm living the life. Because I've got everything Living else. Living your best life. I've, yeah, I've had pretty much every. Unless I can get venomous. If I can get venomous, and that opens a whole another can of worms that oh I boy. that I can't do right now. But um, as far as stuff that I could theoretically get right now, mm-hmm. Bell's Face Lace Monitor, hundred percent. There you go. I got my scrub pythons. If I could get my scrub pythons to breed, that's it. But I mean, it's like I got almost everything I want. Like I don't know, or or I've had it in the past. If I don't have it right now, I've mm. had it in the past and. And most everything that I set out like to to work with, I've I've done it, and that's something I'm really proud of. I don't know. That's um, cool. I can't yeah, relate. Bell's face lace monitor. <laughs> what What about you? What's the 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 next uh, flame that's gonna ignite your your candle? I don't know, dude. Because I like a lot of shit. Yeah. I am very much like Kevin in that instance, where like if it catches my interest and it locks me in, uh. like. I'll be like, yeah, I gotta get it. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. Um, that was how I was with Chrysopelia. When I had Chrysopelia, mm. I was like, those things are amazing. And then, like, a month later, I had a pair mm-hmm. and was like, yep, they're freaking great. They're, they're amazing. Um, Even better in person. Yeah. But I mean, like, dude, the, the beak snakes were another mm-hmm. another thing. I'm like, oh, cool. I can grab one or two. Now I have five. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh. I lied. Okay. Lucan scrubs. I don't have those. Okay. I haven't, got, I haven't had go. a chance to work with those. Yep. I want that. That's what I want. Um, man, I son of a bitch. What's the next? What's the thing? I don't know, dude. I, okay, so the next thing I I need 
to get are these vertebralis. Okay. They are yes. the vertebralis. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I see shit that just catches my eye, like uh, post Linotus. Mm, yes. Are pretty yes! freaking amazing. Oh my god! Yes. And uh, yeah, when I saw when I saw a rednecks adult. I was like, those things are oh, getting shivers, man. Those, those things are every cool. single one's different. Oh, yep. they're so cool. Um, king rats. Oh, yeah. King rats Carinata, are interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know if I'd want to breed them, but I could own one because I think that's just a really interesting yes. species. It's a big colubrid that is that you don't see super often, but they're starting to become a little more popular. Um, I've got Kev's uh, Madagascan giant hog nose here. Oh. That thing is freaking so amazing. Cool. They're so cool. Um, I don't know, dude. I just like too much shit. That's <clears throat> that's my downfall. Yeah. Is like I I'm picky as shit. So <laughs> and I'm I'm not man. If it if it well no 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 I shouldn't say that because I'm very picky. When I have a species that I like, I'm really you particular get about the right animal, exactly. the key animal. Exactly, but. <laughs> I I could never have two or three species and be like, yep, yeah, I'm good, I'm fine with if, this. If it came down to it, and they're like, you could only keep two or three species, I'd keep Borneos, I'd keep scrub pythons, and probably nothing else. <laughs> yeah. I would just have nice big enclosures for my scrub pythons. I'd have my racks for my Borneos, and I'd be happy. Yeah, I I probably would be in the same place. I'd probably do my carpets, uh, Borneos, and and bloods. Mm-hmm. Would, those would probably be my my top three. Um, as much as I love my retics yep. and stuff, I'm like, Too much space. Uh, that's a lot of space. Yep. That's a lot of space. But yep. yeah, dude, mm. I just like too much shit. <laughs> and I haven't even, I don't even touch lizards anymore. I would say you didn't even talk like, about chameleons or no, like. I, I, because I will literally, okay. Bearded dragons or. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's talk about my problem for a second. <laughs> dude, when I. When I get into a project, I get into You go project, into it. You know, so like the leopard gecko thing was yep. like, yeah, I'm going to have like oh. a trio. And the next thing I know, I've got 12. I might like some leopard geckos. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Bold bandits. These are cool, but now I have too many. And then you shit. see a different morph and a different morph. Yeah, it's it's really hard, man. It, it really is. Uh, bearded dragons are the same way. Like, there's some amazing bearded dragons. Like, I showed you those insane Oh, my God. Those got. red ones? Oh, my goodness. Silly. Silly, silly, silly. Absurd. Um, chameleons are another one, man. Like, I love panther chameleons. Really? Absolutely love panther chameleons. Um, I would I like, never want to breed them. I like the ugly ones. I like ocelots. <laughs> they're, they're cool, too. I like those, and I like the... Um, Oh my god, I can't think of the name of them. It's it's they look very similar to ocelots. Um, the uh, Vera Veracosis. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Those yeah. two right there. Those, they're pretty sweet. But the fact that you need a babysitter for them when you go on vacation for a weekend, yeah, not, not cool. happening yeah. for me. Not happening. Never again. I did that for like ten years when yeah. I was growing up. Never again. Nope. Nope. Yeah, chameleons are another one. Like. I wouldn't even want to breed them because that level of stress. Cool. And like, you, you know what, man? That like uh, something that I've noticed recently with a lot of people in the reptile community that for like the last ten years, mm-hmm. everyone who's gotten into reptiles or the vast majority of the people who got into reptiles are chasing that. I need to breed, breed it. it. I need to breed it. Yeah. I got it to breed it. And then now I'm starting to see more people who are like, I just got this thing because I 
freaking like it. It's like not it. as many people, um, yeah. but there's still a good chunk of people who are like, I just like this animal and I want to keep it and keep yeah. it well. And I love that because after now breeding and being you know a professional breeder, like that's my job where I'm breeding things and mm-hmm. raising things and selling things and blah, 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 blah. For me, for my personal animals, I don't really like this year is going to like hurt me because I produce a lot of snakes <laughs> this year uh, on my personal end. Yeah. Um, but that's not where my direction is. Like my scrub pythons, if they never breed for me, I'm cool, with, cool it. with it. Yeah. I'm totally cool with it. They can take up all the space in my reptile room and just be cool scrub pythons. And that will not hurt my feelings in any way. I don't want to recoup any money from them. I don't look at them as an investment. I yep. just look at them as something that I enjoy. And if I never make a cent off of them, I'm cool with that. Yep. And I think that there's more people now who are getting into it and are looking at these animals like that. And I think that's really cool. I be- agree. Because when you can look at that snake and just say, you know what, I appreciate that animal for what it is. I have like so much respect for you. So, mm-hmm. so much respect for that. Um, you don't have to breed it. You know, it, it's you don't. You'll And it's stressful. The people who get into breeding or just get into reptiles and then want to hop right into breeding they don't know or fully grasp the reality that breeding is like one of the worst things or like the toughest things that you can put your animals through it's Mm -hmm. a huge amount of stress on them uh there's so many complications that can go wrong you can end up with the animal getting hurt you can end up with the animal getting sick and it's just like if you love that animals breeding is one of the most stressful things you can do like janet i didn't even i'm not crazy about breeding her but i had so many people asking me and i i had picked up a male uh, you know, and breeding her has been the most stressful thing for me. Just like constantly <laughs> checking on her, seeing what she, Jerry sees me every day, walking into the, her yeah. room, open up her enclosure and going, uh, I don't know what she's doing today. She's looking like she's not happy right now. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, she's not happy right now. And yeah. I'm just like stressed out about it. But like the, the fact that more people are, are looking at, you know, I want a chameleon not to breed it, but I just like, like, I like, keep it. I like yeah, it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love seeing that yeah, as an educator. I love that. No, I, I think that's a really important thing because especially with like social media and where social media has taken us, like the glorification goes to the breeders. Yes. You know, it's all about creating the next cool looking ball python or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and there's that's cool. You know, it serves its purpose. But uh, there's not too many people that are like, I mean, if you're trying to get rich off YouTube, like just having a couple of cool pets is not the way to do it. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to make animal content. But um, unless it's King Cobras. Unless it's King Cobras. Ask Donnie, he'll tell you. It's true. <laughs> um, but, you know, just be able to be like, yeah, I have this because I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, for me, like, yeah, I'm I'm breeding. But again, like if I couldn't breed anything that I have anymore, I, I wouldn't be mad mm-hmm. at all because I literally love all these different species. Um, so I would be like, I'd be sad because I couldn't recoup the money the I'm money going into feeding, into. Yeah. you know, but uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, like, if I, you know, I mean, if I really want something, I'm going to spend the money for it. Yeah. You know, whether it's a uh, hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, and I've had people tell me that, that, that they think I'm crazy because of that, you know, but I I'm can't like, tell you how many people have like messaged me and asked me how much I spent on something. And they're like, well, you overpaid for that. And I'm like, no, I paid what I think it's worth. Like right. Halloween Amazon tree boas. There's a lot of people who like some one of the Halloweens that I had purchased. I got it for like $150 and then plus shipping and everything. And people were like, "That's terrible. That person ripped you off. It's you know they're a $40 snake." And I'm like, 
No. One, this animal's captive bred. And mm-hmm. two, the person who produced it put a lot of work into it. And I think it's worth that. If you don't think it's worth that, that's cool. But I value this animal's life. I value mm-hmm. that this is what this person think this animal's worth. And I'm going to pay for that. If you right. don't think that, don't buy it. But don't tell me that I'm paying too much for this snake that I value. Right. Because like if when I if I sell any of my Borneos this year, they're not going to be a fifty dollar snake. I want the person who buys that snake to respect that animal and have that you know it's not a impulse buy for them. It's not something that they were like oh, that kind of looks cool. I'll get it. I want them to think about that snake, mm-hmm. what it what it encompasses, and and think about it before they actually make that purchase because yeah. it, it's it's so much more important to put that thought into it than just to, to get it. I think a lot of animals don't get the respect they're due because they're a inexp- you know, I'm using air quotes right now, inexpensive animal or cheap animal. You mm. know, toke geckos are one of those where it's like people don't respect tokes like they should because they're a twenty dollar if you get a wild caught one, they're like twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. And people don't respect that. Uh golden geckos, Chinese water dragons. Dude, Chinese water dragons are so yes. freaking cool. They're smart they get good size. They're like amazing animals. But because they're a $30 lizard or a $40 lizard, people don't respect them like mm-hmm. they should. And it's like it's so frustrating um, because I've seen people who get a water dragon and they deck out its enclosure. They give it a, a five yeah. foot by four foot by five foot enclosure. And the thing's got branches and a pond and all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, that's what it's about. That person went and bought that $40 lizard and then put it in a $1,200 setup because they care about Can't that care about animal. It. Exactly. And that to me is like so much better. Um, and and I, I think that there's this, this shift that's happening right now, but there's still some people who are just like, you know, I don't, you paid too much for that. You you, you got overcharged yeah. for it. And it's like, if, if I think that it's worth that, I didn't get overcharged. I don't yeah. care what you think. I paid what I think is fair. Let's go back to the $100,000 banana ball python days. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you talk about overcharged for that $100 snake right now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. boy. But you know, at the time, it was worth that money. Like, right, right, exactly. It's, it's worth what you think it's worth. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So, well, dude, I think we're running over time right now. We are running a little over time. But, just a uh, little. Just a little. Just by nine minutes. Yeah, but that's cool. That's dude. fine. Episode number five. Number five in the books. In the books. So, wait, if people want to find you, Jeremy, where are they going to find you? You guys can find me uh, on Instagram and Facebook at Brassman Reptiles and on Twitter at Brassman Rep. What about you? And for me, if you want to see what I'm doing, you can find me on Instagram at Rob is Creeping at Real. And on Twitter at Rob is creeping because it can't be real. Can't be real if it's on Twitter. No big deal. (laughs) And don't find me on Facebook. Don't do it. You'll be in purgatory for the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, people. Take care. Until next time.